This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the silent crisis in America's maternity wards. African-American mothers dying at a higher rate than any other racial or ethnic group from childbirth-related complications. We're also hearing from doctors who say they now fear that the maternal mortality rate will go up. Americans die due to pregnancy at a higher rate than any other developed nation. And since the fall of Roe v. Wade, access to quality health care is top of mind more than ever. On this episode, we are going to take stock of the state of healthcare access and services for people seeking abortions. Jamila Taylor is the director of healthcare reform and senior fellow at the Century Foundation. She's here to tell us more. How did we as a nation get here? Right, absolutely. Well, well, first off, I think, you know, before we even get there, we sort of have to ground the conversation in the fact that you know, these um, maternal mortality rates um, that we're seeing in this country fall heaviest on women of color, particularly black women. Black women are about three times more likely to die of pregnancy-related causes when compared to white women. And this is largely due to a history of systemic racism, both within the healthcare system as well as broader American society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, black women just tend to get poorer health um, healthcare when compared to, to other communities. So I think that is part of the problem. Um, I think another thing to lift up too is that, you know, this country, we actually spend more per capita um, on healthcare than any other country. Um, and the fact that we have the poorest maternal health outcomes um, you know, in the in the world is, is pretty um, ridiculous, to be honest. And so yeah. to make a long story short, we got here because of racism in the healthcare system. Um, and again, you know, I think when, even when we look at white women and their healthcare outcomes, um, I think we can also point it to sexism um, and gender discrimination in healthcare as well. So, you know, we know people of color were hit harder during this pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Experts say that the pandemic also had an impact on maternal health. Talk to us about that. Break it down. How so? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, you know, looking at the pandemic, you know, we saw that there were racial disparities there as well. Um, You know, people of color, particularly Black and Hispanic people, um, were more likely to get COVID and and then also to become seriously ill and even die from COVID-19. Um, you know, we saw the similar disparities sort of mirrored, you know, for pregnant people. Um, you know, Black and Hispanic pregnant women um, were more likely to, you know, get COVID um, and get sick from COVID. And so, um, you know, that has had a, an impact on our maternal mortality rates. Um, the CDC actually just released um, new maternal mortality rates for 2020. And we saw the maternal mortality rate among Hispanic women actually increase by 40 percent. 
um, in the year 2020. And so that is definitely attributed to the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on um, that particular population. And we also continue to see those rates steadily increase among Black women. Yeah. Talk about those rates. What is the the maternal mortality rate in this country on average? And, and how does the number change, Jamila, when you look at different demographics? Well, I think it, it changes because, um, you know, we, as I mentioned, there are disparities, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, for Black women, you know, there are three times, about three times more likely um, to die of pregnancy-related causes. Um, and then we also see those rates are mirrored um, when we, when we um, look at comparisons between white women and indigenous women. Um, and, you know, for a while, the, the United States, um, it took us a while to sort of actually have a real <laughs> maternal mortality rate. Um, for years, there were some challenges in terms of the counting, you know, states um, did not have adequate measures in place to be counting maternal deaths. I think, I think you know, you can also see some differences along states in terms of, you know, how they're defining maternal days, deaths versus pregnancy-related deaths. And so for many years, there was sort of like a patchwork in terms of measurement. And yeah. I think we're getting better at that. We have more funding um, that's going to support states um, for things like maternal mortality review committees, which are committees of, of largely health professionals, but, but then also in some states you have doulas and midwives um, that are also part of those bodies. Um, some states you even have patient advocates, um, those with lived experience when it comes to poor maternal health outcomes that are also a part of counting um, these deaths and then also trying to make sense of you know some of the particular circumstances that um, for moms who we have lost what their experiences were in the pregnancy yeah. and birthing process. Well, to that end, U.S. House members, they're, they're looking to take action to change these rates. I'm, I'm thinking particularly of the, the Momnibus Act that was sponsored by yeah. uh, Illinois Representative Lauren Underwood. I want to play a little clip of Representative Underwood talking about the importance of this legislation last summer. When I think about the opportunity that we have to make a difference, when I think about the opportunity that we have to save lives, I think that in many respects, we're long overdue to take this action um, on maternal related deaths, particularly in communities of color, because the majority of these deaths are preventable. Tell us again what's included in the Momnibus Act, Jamila. So the Momnibus Act is, um, you know, the Black Maternal Health Momnibus is a comprehensive package. It actually includes 12 individual bills that address everything from maternal vaccinations to the social determinants of health to the climate impacts um, on pregnancy um, to data. Another issue that we were talking about in terms of, of those maternal mortality rates are so ramping up funding and support um, to ensure adequate data measures across states. Um, when it comes to these issues. So it really is a comprehensive approach to addressing the maternal mortality crisis. Um, and so the, the legislation has been so significant, not only in, I think, how we talk about Black maternal health in this country, but also as we conceptualize what we need in order to adequately address the issue. Yeah. So it's still a bill now, but the Century Foundation created a tracker for that piece of legislation, right? Yes, absolutely. It is still a bill. Um, we have created a tracker, um, and it can be found on our website, tcf.org. Um, and I will say, too, that, you know, while we have the Black Maternal Health Monibus Act, um, myself, along with other advocates in the field, also worked to include investments from the Momnibus and the Build Back Better Act that was passed in the House months ago. And we know that there are ongoing conversations about the next reconciliation package 
both in the House and Senate, and we're working to maintain those investments um, in whatever iteration um, comes out of, of that chamber. Yeah. And again, this is this is shrouded, of course, in a new light, right, with the fall of Roe v. Wade. So yes. do you think that should reframe future conversations then of access to maternal health care, especially when it comes to women of color? Well, those of us in the reproductive justice space have, have always talked about, you know, the importance of maintaining and ensuring access to um, compassionate abortion care as part of the broader spectrum of reproductive justice, along with, you know, maternal health as well. Um, so for us, this is nothing new, right? But I do think that it is an important moment where we are hearing more decision makers um, recognize and talk about the connection between, you know, what the fall of Roe is going to mean for our burgeoning, you know, maternal health crisis in this country. It's certainly not going to help us um, better the the situation for moms in this country when it comes to their maternal health um, when, you know, access to abortion has been banned. And so it is certainly cause for alarm, you know, both the ban um, on abortion as well as, you know, some of the challenges we're seeing in terms of maternity care are going to fall hardest on black women. Jamila Taylor is the Director of Healthcare Reform and Senior Fellow at the Century Foundation. Thank you for joining us, Jamila. Thank you for having me. With the overturning of Roe, some abortion rights advocates are predicting a worsening black maternal mortality crisis. While the Momnibus Act addresses the problem on a national scale, the Chicago Department of Public Health wants to target local inequities. We're going to bring another voice in to tell us what's happening on a local level to address this growing problem. Dr. Candace Robinson, Medical Director of the Bureau for Maternal, Infant, Child and Adolescent Health at the Chicago Department of Public Health. What's the disparity in maternal mortality between black and white Chicagoans? Yeah, so we have actually looked at this data specific to Chicago. And in 2019, we produced a a maternal mortality and morbidity report. And what we found is here in Chicago, our non-Hispanic black women are six times more likely to die in either during or within that year after pregnancy than non-Hispanic white women here in Chicago. You said six times more likely? Six times more likely here in Chicago in, in that report. Yes. Yes. What what action was taken then to to respond to that? That's a very striking statistic. Yes, that is a striking statistic. And I think, you know, in the time since that report is published, we've seen a lot of action um, in both here locally, but then I think we've also seen a lot of action at the state level, and we've seen things happening at the national level. Um, First, I think we've seen a lot of attention given to this issue that we had not seen before. And I think that's been the first step towards making changes um, that can help with this issue. You know, this issue is a very complex and there are a lot of factors that both factor into maternal mortality in general, but also into this very stark disparity that we see um, for for our black women uh, versus uh, white women. Yeah. You know, here in, yeah. I was going to say, what are, what are the factors? What are the factors from what you've seen? 
Yeah, you know, I think there are multiple factors. Um, you know, access to care is also, is very important, um, certainly while pregnant, but also in that postpartum period. Um, we know that, you know, there are social determinants of health that are also a factor uh, in in health outcomes for, for women here in the U.S. Um, and, you know, chronic conditions that are influenced by those social determinants of health as well. So this is a multifactorial process between care and social determinants of health. All of these things um, factor into uh, these outcomes for women. Last year, Illinois passed something called the 1115 waiver. Can you explain what that is? Yes. So the 1115 waiver is a waiver that expanded postpartum Medicaid coverage for women. And this is really important. It actually took coverage from 60 days, which was the standard, to 12 months postpartum. Um, And that really allows, uh, you know, a strengthening of that care for mothers, um, really aiming at allowing women to seek care in that time period postpartum. You know, the Illinois actually did a um, maternal morbidity and mortality report, and they found that a third of pregnancy-related deaths occurred more than two months after pregnancy. So it's really important that mothers have access to care beyond those 60 days postpartum, and that's what this waiver allows. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is also really important and aimed at reducing, you know, those rates of maternal morbidity and mortality or illness and death, um, including those disparities that we see for black women during this postpartum period. Yeah. And uh, last month, Mayor Lightfoot pledged $500,000 of city funds to uh, to keep Chicago a safe haven for abortion and reproductive care. What does that mean, Dr. Robinson, for, for the health inequities that we are talking about right now? So those funds will, you know, of course, go to support transportation, lodging, um, safe and necessary reproductive, obstetric and gynecologic care, and follow-up services. Um, So we know that, you know, here in Chicago and in Illinois, you know, women will continue to have access uh, to these reproductive services. Um, And these funds will, of course, continue to be available and uh, impact that availability of care. What else are you all doing to to narrow the gap in in maternal mortality between black and and white Chicagoans? Well, here in Chicago and the Chicago Department of Public Health, we have a program that called Family Connect Chicago. Um, And our program now is in four pilot hospitals, but we're actually looking to expand this and we're working to expand this to all of our birthing hospitals over the next year. This program provides in-home nurse visits for postpartum women to evaluate the physical health of the mom and the baby, but also to do a needs assessment for that mom and that family and connect in the resources. We know that this postpartum period is a very vulnerable time for moms, for their families, for their infants. And so this program seeks to really connect the mom uh, and their family to the resources that they need during this very vulnerable period. Um, So we're looking to have this program expanded to all 15 uh, birthing hospitals here over the next year. This program also has a large community alignment piece where we work with the community, the organizations in the community to help provide those resources for families. 
And then I think it's important to note that there are a lot of partners working in this space. You know, there is a Chicago Collaborative on Maternal Health, Illinois Maternal Health Task Force, March of Dimes, and countless others who are working in this space. And many of them specifically focusing on communities um, where additional resources for maternal care are needed. Um, And so, you know, Chicago Department of Public Health also sits at the table with these partners, helping to identify gaps and identifying ways to fill those gaps for maternal health needs. Dr. Candace Robinson is a medical director at the Chicago Department of Public Health. Dr. Robinson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's Reset Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you're subscribed and give us a rating and review because that really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow on the podcast, our weekly news recap. We'll see you then. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.